Hey, welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. What's I'm Grant Cohn. Uh, we should be talking about the the Niners going into Pittsburgh and probably winning that game. They're they're favored to win week one on the road against a good team in a hostile environment. But that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the head coach who keeps starting drama. <laughs> I mean, and what's funny about Kyle is like it start like he was so untouchable since 2016. No one really had the guts to criticize him, like players, media, anyone in the league associated with the league, but. Ever since this Trey Lance thing has officially ended with the Niners, people are taking shots. Uh, It was RG3. It was Jimmy Garoppolo, former players of his, saying, and Jimmy was like the one who said it the most. He said, this is weird. It's weird how they handle quarterbacks out with the Niners. Uh, The guy interviewing him said, yeah, I'd call it messy. And then Jimmy laughed and said, that's a nice way to put it. So. Matt Mayoko, senior man on the on the beat, like the most like the most fair beat writer of all time. Like Classic he's been covering this team. Five. Yeah. He's been covering this team for uh, almost 30 years. Yeah. You know, um, just follows up on the topic. You got to do it. Wait till the end of the press conference to not ruin it and says, you know, like, would you agree with Jimmy that it's been kind of weird? And Kyle, I mean, everyone's seen it, but he really gets into this whole kind of like snarky back and forth with Matt Mayoko and says, well, what would you call it? And Matt's like, well, I would basically agree with Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you, what do you take make of the fact that even Matt Mayoko is calling out Kyle Shanahan and Kyle isn't taking it well? Uh, I feel like there, there's elements of what's happening to Kyle where Jimmy is, I feel like Jimmy is, always been a professional um even while even while jimmy is gone grant i i believe that his professionalism being out of the building is really showing itself like we yeah really took jimmy's professionalism jimmy yeah for granted um i'm here to see people it. like he's a great leader yeah someone needs to lead this team yeah uh but i feel like at some point you got to be able to read the room and on a, on a couple of fronts. Right. So yeah. one, uh, Kyle, you are, if not simmering towards the hot seat, God damn it. You got reservations. You're, you're going to the goddamn kitchen. It is what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, two, you have to understand that when your staunchest supporter has to ask you hard questions, they're doing their job. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, like you, Matt's not in your pocket. Right. And like, no. for you to for you to think that Matt is like, I mean, let's be honest. You know, we we want to drive hard journalism. We want to we want to be able to get the answers. But that's not what Matt Mayoko is in the business of. Matt Mayoko is in the business of simply stating the facts. Right. Yep. And yep. for him to ask those questions to Kyle and for Kyle to not only take him to task, but he got saved by Matt's class because the last thing you do is give mm-hmm. somebody else the gun in, in a gunfight. You know, Kyle could have been if Matt and anyway, he did same, that when he said, "How would you describe my yes quarterback situation?" If Matt kept the same energy that mm-hmm. Matt, that Kyle was on. Matt yeah. said, oh, well, I'm glad you asked. I think you've completely blundered this shit. You should be on the hot seat. You're sitting yep. here talking to me as if you know what's going on and you have no idea. And you're a seventh round pick arm 
broken arm away from being the laughing stop of the entire NFL, while your quarterback who you jilted, who you jousted is in seemingly a much better situation. So that's what I would say if you want to ask me. But again, Kyle, um, and then another, just on another level of being tone deaf and not recognizing that if Matt Mayoko is the one asking you these questions, then they need to be asking their serious questions. He's actually giving you the opportunity to, for you to simply say your side of the story. He's not attacking you. Um, but another tone deaf moment is if you're, if you're a, a subject matter expert at anything, like you consider yourself an expert, a genius, then it, there is kind of a club, like, you know, professionals recognize professionals, real recognizes real. And for you to get in a wordsmith yeah. debate with a journalist, like. My what? dad used to always tell me this, like, you know, he's like, he covers some of the best athletes, most intimidating people in the world. He used to cover boxers, football players. And it's like, yeah, you could kick my ass. But now we're now we're now we're talking. This is what I do. This is what I do. I wouldn't yeah. want to compete with you on the football field, but you really shouldn't think you can compete with me at, wanna, at, at talking. You want to start parsing words about unique Real quick, real quick. My dad lives for these moments. And one time, Dusty Baker, like, watched him just dismantle a player or a coach. And Dusty Baker went up to my dad and was like, yo, you live for this shit, don't you? Like, this yeah. is your Vietnam. This is your Vietnam right here. My dad's like, what well, kind of? Yeah. 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 Like, like honestly yeah. speaking, like, if this was in a different forum, on a different team, in a different market, Kyle would have gotten destroyed. Yeah. If some, if he would have did that and said, "Well, yeah," Matt was gentle with him. Matt was gentle with him. Yeah, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Once Matt Mayoko is questioning you as the coach, that's when you know you're on the hot seat because Matt, Matt isn't in your pocket. Like Matt's been there. Matt is has been there for thirty years. He knows the owners. The green light comes from up top. And I get the feeling that Jed York thinks his quarterback situation has been weird. How much money did he give to Jimmy Garoppolo? More than $100 million. How much money did he give to Trey Lance? More, almost $30 million. So I would have to think that Jed feels it's weird at best and has expressed it. And Kyle's just being defensive. Uh, and that Matt Mayno Mayoko knows he's got him pinned. Um, and Kyle well, should just tap. Well, Kyle is in the corner in a lot of different ways, professionally, um, politically, from the narrative, financially. Like, Kyle's, this is, I would say this is pretty much the most vulnerable that he's been as far as um, coaching, job security is concerned, juxtaposed to performance or what he's doing this year. Um, there's so many narratives wrapped around the success and what it means for this year. And to be quite honest, a lot of things that are out of our control, like the success of Jimmy Garoppolo, the development of Trey Lance. Like, we can't control any of that stuff. We can't control injuries. So, uh, you know, I just feel like it was it was a he was tone deaf. He didn't understand that, you know, just because Trey's gone. Now it's even a little bit hotter on you, brother, because now mm -hmm. the kid is gone. So you we ain't looking at Brock, right? Mm -hmm. And Sam even, Sam hasn't yeah. gotten a chance to, for us to hate him. So it's no. on you. It's on you, know you what man. I'm so this is know, what you wanted. 
Because with, with yeah, Jimmy, he could always be like, man, this isn't, I, this isn't who I wanted. I wanted Kirk. I had to be convinced. Like, nah, no, nah, no, 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 no. None of that. None of that anymore. None of that. This is what you wanted. Yeah. So, I mean, and then, you know, just come on, man. It's like, if you can sit here and trample all over the English language and try to talk about words, it's like, dude, less than a week ago, you didn't understand new, nor knew how to pronounce irreparable and then said that it was unrepairable. Stop. So yeah. like, bro, and now we're like, saying like, don't use the word weird. Like that's a, that's a new thing this season. Weird is like the word of the season because it has well, been a weird off season. And all of a sudden, you're not allowed to use the word weird in Santa Clara. That word's off limits. You got to say well, unique. We're creating like, words, Grant, because uh, now we're hearing about deloading. So you know, you know, they're literally creating words, uh, outlawing words, trying to change. Like that's when you know a team is down bad. We can't just, say weird. You know what? And right can't now, say arm fatigue. But we can't say art fatigue. Can't say art fatigue. It's deloading. Can't say weird. It's unique. unique. Like, man, let's just call it what it is. I swear to God, unique is going to go. It's going to go from unique to peculiar <laughs> if we go on a losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Agreed. Peculiar situation, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Generic name says everyone stop calling banana hands by his name until he's tarred and feathered while being run out of California. Generic name. Generic name says Kyle is scum. There's rock bottom kelp plankton 50 feet of whale poop. And then there's banana hands or he who must not be named. Man, it's 916 in the morning. But I wow. Wow. Charles Michael Sinclair says Kyle Shannon three losing seasons. Brandon Staley zero. Oh, Niner fans are ready to go. Ready to go. Is Kyle the real toxic issue in the locker rooms? Is, ask Justin. I, Am I the drama? Am I the drama? Is it me? Is it me? No, it can't be. It could not be. Goldblooded says, oh man, if Kyle can't get the deal done with Bosa, the green light is going to turn into a ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, get it done, Kyle, for your own good. I, that's why I think they will. Khalil Kemp says Niner beat writers have treated Kyle with kid gloves from the moment he got here. Yelp. I really hope Shanahan's treatment of Matt freaking Mayoko serves as a wake up call to everyone else from here on out. Carry water if you want to, but you're not going to get anything in return. Yeah. Anybody like, like when you do, and that's, and that's just the thing. Um, I think, um, I think what happened with um, the quarterback in Dallas uh, woke a lot of people up. Um, and I think that, people are starting to realize that, you know, even if you didn't think he was good, even if you think he should have played, even if you think he was given too many chances, you can't, ex now that he's gone, all we're left with is the picks and the ramifications of what we have left from it. He has to win because there's nobody to blame anymore. No, there no, there's only one guy no. that's going to be Well, that's our next topic. That's our next yeah. topic. One more one more super chat. Stephen Pryor says, just watched replay of last night's, just watched replay of last night's show. That was a tongue twister. Deloading is a thing. I used to be a competitive power lifter and any good training program will have deload weeks built in. I believe Kyle and John about it. Okay, well, we're okay. going to talk about that too. Uh, but first, we want to talk about this season's scapegoat. Two years ago, it was Jaquaski Tart. Uh, mm -hmm. Last year, it was Tyler Croft. There's always someone sort of positioned, maybe not by week one, but there's always someone who has to take the fall. Jimmy Garoppolo did it many times. He was usually the main scapegoat. Um, and it was obvious going into the season that if things didn't work out, it was probably going to be his fault. 
Right. This year he's gone. I think it's less clear who is in line to take the the fall if things don't go according to plan. Who do you think it's going to be? Coach Wilkes. Um, Explain. Well, let's just talk about the facts. He struck out twice with <laughs> recommendations that he's brought inside of here. Isaiah Oliver, it's TBD, yet to be seen, but whatever. And Tony Gonzalez is an IR. So that's two right there. Um, you're looking at a defense that I feel like the fans are, and I am a fan as well. I hate saying the fans like that. Like, I'm not a fan. I am a fan as well. But um, I think that we as fans are not ready to see our defense not be number one. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of movement inside of our defense with Jimmy Ward being gone, um, with Huff being down, with losing a lot of interior and D-line depth, um, with losing Aziz. uh, I feel as though that that's what made our defense – special elite is that we have great players but we're able to have depth to run along those players uh i believe that our depth is severely compromised on defense um i think that Mm -hmm. isaiah oliver is a downgrade from jimmy ward um and and what's scary about that is or concerning what's concerning about that is is that you knew that you were going to get – you are going to lose something in the run game. But he was supposed mm-hmm. to be an upgrade in, in the pass game and mm-hmm. actually defending. And that's what we've seen. We almost kind of knew that he was not – he was going to lead more to be desired in the run game. But for him to be struggling to keep up with guys, giving up on receivers, I mean, and, and just letting people score at some point, being a liability in the open field at times just to make a simple tackle, things that – really were layups for Jimmy Ward. Um, That is concerning to me. Javon Hargraves, I feel as though that we're going to forget that. Hold on. Before we go to Hargrave, let's stick with Wilkes for a second. I want to say something about Wilkes. Um, I feel like he's the perfect answer. And one of the things that's interesting about, like, why is he here instead of uh, Vic Fangio? Why? Just for the pass defense. Well, it's also because Kyle didn't want to change his scheme. Remember, they have the wide nine. They have Chris oh, well, Kacerik. Yes. And if well, you bring in Vic Fangio, you got you to gotta adopt the 3-4 and sort of just mm-hmm. let Vic do what he wants to do. But Kyle didn't want to do that. He wanted to keep his scheme together on defense. And so you have Steve Wilkes, who's he's never run this before. He was just willing to do what Kyle wanted him to do. So he could say, yeah, I'd love to run the wide nine. I'm into it, man. Yeah. But he's never done it before. And can he stop the run from this look? He's never done it before. Sala did. D'Amico did. So if it doesn't work out, it, Wilkes could easily be like, hey, well, this isn't what I normally run. He's not really owning this. Doesn't have to. It's Kyle's decision. Uh, and then with the fact that Bosa's not there is another excuse. So I feel like there's a lot of excuses built in for this defense right now. Yeah, and um, just to piggyback on your on your sentiments, Grant, um, a lot of things, uh, let's just let's talk about our team holistically, right? Um, if you just look at our team um, from a 10,000-foot view, we start slow. We start – not only do we start slow in the season, but we start slow in games, right? And one of the one of the advantages that we've always had is being able to have a really good defense that gives us the ball back when we go three and out. If you, if you kind of watch the way our games track, 
four to five drives, you know, we kind of know if we're going to start really fast and move down the field or there's going to be a lot of four to five drives where mm-hmm. our defense is constantly giving us the ball back in the beginning of the game to get us right. going. It's, okay. it's, it's so energized. It's just it's setting the tone for the team. It's flying around the field. Yeah, the, the yeah, Niners and, defense. Yeah. And conversely, with it being energized, again, D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala were emotional leaders. Kyle yeah. isn't necessarily into the game on that level. Um, no. And that's something that, I feel as though that we will miss on the sidelines um, yeah, because I Coach agree. Brooks is going to be up in the side, but he's going to be up in the booth this year. And yeah, Kyle's going to be lost in his playbook. Yeah, he's going to have his Denny's menu out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All in, looking, looking through, and <laughs> looking for the Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. <laughs> Yo, I one time one of my best friends when we were 14, we went on a, a ski trip and we went to IHOP, and he was really grilling the waitress. He was like. He's like, do you have any deals? And she was like, it's IHOP. He's like, all right, all right, all right. Let me get the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity, but with no fruit. I was like, man, you can't do that. How you get the Tootie but no Fruity? How do you do that? And every he, we're 35 now. But like, remember that time we went to IHOP 21 years ago and you really tried to get the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity with no fruit, man? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> That's like what kind of a psycho does that? <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Yeah. I, I'll but, never forget that. But, dude. I feel like, you know, who's – I understand that the guys are self-motivated. We have a lot of veterans on our team. So I'm not, I'm not worried about the team being picked up from that standpoint. But we are used to having that defensive coordinator down there rallying yep. the crowd, rallying the yeah. team, yeah. celebrating. Yeah. And, and, and the thing about it is that what's dope about coaches being on the same level as the players is that you bridge the gap of energy where yeah there's confirmation of what they did is good like yeah. so there's going to be times where there's a lot of times where we see sala and we see D'Amico ryan's and this is what i love about motivating coaches is that you know that they're true to their shit when they know how to motivate when there's really nothing to be motivating about they come through in the dark times. They come through in those lulls where we just scored and everybody's kind of confident and sitting back and watered up. And you get, you need that guy to refocus everybody and tell them to get off their fucking ass. Let's go. So uh, we're going to miss that. Um, and I feel like uh, with – and also Javon Hargraves. I mean, we got to – Yeah. Javon Hargraves' money, in my opinion, the money that we paid him really starts paying dividends in on third down. My issue is getting to third down with him. You know, what is he going to be on first and second yep. down stopping the run? Agree. You Agree. know? So, yep. um, yeah. You know, that, that face you just made, was it like pretty much, man? This yeah. this run defense leaves a lot to be desired, and you don't have a, a, a coordinator who's ever proven he can stop the run from this alignment. This is new to him. And I'm telling and you, you it's not easy to stop the run running the wide nine. It's not easy, dude. Like you're you got four guys in the line and they're hella far apart. There's like a super highway between them. It's not easy. And also, uh what what's concerning is what you see about it now, you don't want to talk about it now because it's premature. Because what you have to say is just not good. Right? Yeah. And um I think that these couple of weeks away from us, I really hope that Kyle is having like two hour practices and really whooping their ass. Like really, 
Like, because we look He's dark. not. We don't look ready. Um, What's crazy is that, like, the Niners get the uh, up the, the reputation for having tough practices and stuff, but you showed me there was, like, a, a TikTok or a video that came out all about Andy Reid's preseasons and how difficult they are. They remind me a lot of Jim Harbaugh's preseasons. Two and a half hour practice. Like, up, whatever the limit is, you go there. Mm-hmm. Niners have 90 minute practices in training camp and every once in a while they'll go for two hours that's it like there's a big difference yeah you gotta build that callus I mean I know it sounds old and leather helmet type shit but you really <clears throat> do have to build the callus and understand that nobody gets through a season uninjured everybody's gonna be hurt right so you might as well just deal with the team who doesn't give a fuck about being hurt the most and that's the team that's yeah. been doing it since week one Right. You yeah. can't ease into a football season. It doesn't work that way. And I just to move on quickly, I see a lot of that stuff like veteran days and, you know, getting guys geared up. We got to warm George Kittle up. Like, what are we warming him up for? He's, He's already injured. Doing, like, yeah, it's like he's injured I, again. His groin. He injured his groin, came back, injured again. That's scary to me. The, the George yeah. Kittle factor. Dude, you haven't even played football yet. That's I, I don't under, like when I heard when I heard the questions about getting George warmed up. The first thing that came to me, I was like, did he even have a camp? What is he getting warmed up for? And I mean, tight end, you sounded strenuous. Tight end, you sounded tough. Maybe yeah, that was I'm it. Like, Maybe he's working too hard at tight end. You, you know what I'm saying? Running all over the place during tight end you. I'm like, how the hell did you get to the actual job and all of a sudden you turn into an ice wagon? Like, I don't, I don't get, get it. it. I don't get it. I don't get, I don't it. get it. But yo, let's take a little brief interlude and talk about uh, Bet US. Bet U- now that we're talking about Kyle Shanahan, let's go to Bet US, oh, which is, is obviously nice. the number one sports book online. And let's say you want to bet on who the coach of the year is going to be for 2023. Let's say you think it's going to be Kyle Shanahan. Here he is. You get plus 2,500. That seems like good action if you believe in Kyle Shanahan. Now, he's right next to Bill Belichick. Maybe they feel like, you know, Kyle's one of these coaches everyone thinks is good. He'll never get his credit. But he was like in the running last year. It was between him and I want to say Brian Dayball. And he just lost. I mean, if I, I think it's interesting that he's below Brandon Staley, Arthur Smith. He's below D'Amico, Zach Taylor, Mike. He's below D'Amico, Mike McDaniel, uh, and Robert Sala. All three of his uh, former underlings have better odds to be coach of the year than Kyle. If you feel like that's wrong, you need to go to BetUS and bet on this right now. If you use the link in my description, they will match 125% of your uh, wager. So you put down 10 bucks, they put down 1250 I don't know. What do you think, uh, Coach? You feel like those are fair odds for they Kyle Shanahan, rectify, Coach of the Year? Any Kyle Shanahan defenders need to rectify this blunder. They need to go in there and put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. And get this thing going. And show us that you did it. Show us that you went to Bet US and made a wager, and you thought that Kyle Shanahan's going to be Coach of the Year, and then we'll see what happens at the end of the, at the end of the season. Because I feel like not many Niner fans are feeling like he's got it this year. He feels this kind of feels like the end. Not the. Yeah. Not, not, not the, uh, the, you know. I, I, I don't feel word. like you know what I feel like. I feel like the games have just begun. It's like it's like going to go work out. You ain't really working out until you get to that first failed set. Then you work. Yep, so that's true. I, I like, like that. I like that. You know, we done we done beat around the bush. We done you know we done courted them. It's like all right now. 
plausible deniability is gone. You have your guy. The stakes are where they need to be. Like, honestly, one would say that this is a season that's set up for a genius. Like, right now, um, we can look at all of the wrong, all of the bad hypothetical things that can happen with Kyle. But if you're on, a, if, if, if you're every bit as confident, as Kyle, if Kyle is who he says he is, he's got to be loving this. Because he's got to be in a position where he's like, I'm about to prove so many people wrong. Like, yeah. I am about to be the king of the hill when I pull this off. Because they're going to make history if they pull this off. Like, yeah. and I think that's what we need to start kind of like, you know, let's let us let it all hang out there. Like, what are we hiding yeah. for? We, it's like, hey, Kyle, are you ready to make history? Yeah, you ready? let's go. Let's go. You're supposed to win a Super Bowl with a 23-year-old quarterback this year who's the real deal. Let's this is it. Let's go. You could definitely win the Super Bowl. And if you do, it'll be one of the greatest accomplishments ever. You'll be you'll go down as one of the greats. Like, this is it. This is your moment, baby. Like, what you got? Dude, if Kyle gets this Super Bowl, his dad is going in the Hall of Fame. This is this this Yeah. Is like, yeah, that's like, true. This, you gotta understand what this Pretty much. really is about, right? Yeah. Like, that was Kyle, well put. If Kyle yeah. pulls this off. This validates not only their whole thing. Yeah, validates the entire legacy. Mike has to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, has to go to the Hall of Fame. Kyle is a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame. He's gonna get a thirty-five year deal. John John Lynch is gonna ride off into the sunset, riding a broad riding a set of headphones to the broadcaster booth. Alex gives like you can roll the credits and play the music like I don't want to wait. To be over, to know right now. Is that Dawson's Creek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle pauses in the montage. Kyle went on to be the greatest coach of all time, better than Bill Belichick. No one believed in him. Nick Bosa gets Yo, let me just throw this out one more time. So, hey, if the coach just inspired you, that you think that Kyle Shanahan's going to pull off the the the. The, the historical crazy feat and put his entire family into the Hall of Fame. Go to BetUS, use the link in the description, and show Kyle some love, show BetUS some love. They will match your wager 100, 125%. That is how you do a sponsor. I love BetUS. Shout this out to them. Hallmark moment. Let's go. That was so funny, man. <laughs> Papa Phil, how is Bosa better than Fred? Fred for MVP. Fred seems actually like a team player. I got to give him that. Like, he yeah. cares. He's there. He's a captain. Such a difference between Bosa, who's like, uh, I'm a commodity. I'm a product. Do you want this? Or should I, should I go to some other team? Bosa's like Bosa's like like a scout sniper. Like, you just yeah. I travel alone. Yeah, you know pretty much. He's Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan M says, York should have fired Kyle after losing the Super Bowl. Go, he shouldn't have given him an extension. Kyle be ordering uh, the moons over my shanty. <laughs> Chefs, uh, Charles Michael Sinclair says, guess we'll find out what happens when Kyle isn't propped up by the defense. Watching Haberman and Middlecoff, you'd think Kyle solved world hunger. Dang. Good Gold Rush 561 says, we've been lied to all this time. Kyle is a DC, not an OC. Kyle knows more than Fangio, apparently. We got Wilkes so we can get comp picks once Wilkes gets another head coach opportunity. Solo Ryans. Um, I, we're just assuming Wilkes is going to be a head coach again. Uh, We'll see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. Official BNA Music 88, Brooks says, Rudy Tootie, fresh and unhinged behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Glander says, what are the benefits of running the wide nine? Um, 
well, you set the edge well, and you have four down instead of five, so you can do a little bit more. I don't know. You have more people in coverage. Yeah, I, I, it's a very vanilla defense. One of the things yeah. about it is that you—it's very hard to get to to get outside of the defense. Um, what you do is you play with really fast linebackers inside of the wide nine. So the offensive linemen—they end up their trajectory is off trying to make blocks on such wide alignment. So it creates natural gaps for the defenders to shoot. So mm-hmm. usually, in like a regular like uh, under front, like a shade five nine under front you would have um really close splits on on your defensive linemen um with the offensive linemen so it's really easy for linemen to offensive linemen rather to make their blocks right but mm-hmm. in the wide nine you're automatically getting offensive linemen off their points to reach and they have to create natural gaps and they have to be rather athletic to make those plays so and what it also does is that in the run game, it creates natural gaps. And in the passing game, it also puts the defenders in perfect position to go and get the quarterback. So um, it's advantageous. It's an eclectic defense where, again, it really does kind of match what we do because it's more of a package defense where you don't have one guy that's just out there because they can't run it consistently. It takes a lot of labor to run. So, uh, you know. It's it's good for what it can do, but it does have its disadvantages just like anything else. Until the Niners started running it with success, it was always kind of looked at as a gimmick front, like something that was better against the pass than the run. And yeah. the Niners were trying to supercharge their pass rush. And the fact that they've been able to stop, had the number one run defense with the wide nines, very impressive. But that was the different coordinator. So we'll see. Nathan Flores, if and Kyle came with like, Bowl- damn near like seven foot tall D tackles. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like they cover a lot of ground. Like, so True. I. True. Nathan Flores, if Kyle can't win a Super Bowl with this roster, he'll be forever known as a poor man's Andy Reid when he was with the Eagles, couldn't win the chip. I mean, Andy, he's nothing like Andy Reid. Yoda Misfits Relentless says, Bosa only wanted out for tax purposes. Florida's 183-day residencies rule. The days after uh, he's in NYC with NFLPA and legal team, they ship Lance to Dallas. Man, that's way too much for me. I could never figure all that out. Mm-mm. Let's think about it for a second, though. So Bosa only waited for the tax purposes. Florida's 103-day residency rule. We don't know what that is. Oh, like you have to live in uh, Florida for 183 days of the year to be considered a Florida resident, so you can do taxes mm. in Florida instead of da-da-da-da. Okay. The days days after after he's in NYC. In the legal team, and then they ship Lance to Dallas. Oh, okay. So what basically he's saying is that the money that – but this is the only thing that, that puts a hole in that theory. And and I actually was wrong about this too because I tweeted about this. Trey leaving now doesn't really do anything for Nick needing his money now. Trey leaving now is really the advantageous part about Trey economic financially leaving is that we get the five million dollar bump that we were going to pay him next year. But this year, I think Trey's making like eight hundred thousand. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, one more, Tyler. Do you think the uh, the Niners, if good this year, use their first rounder to get another highly paid vet? Just trade it away, don't draft anyone. They might. They might. They suck at drafting in the first round, so uh, kind of like the Rams. So maybe just do that. When I see Kyle Shanahan, I hear Mark Morrison. You, you lied to me. Says Papa Phil. <laughs> <laughs> All those times they said that I loved you. All right. 
Yes, I cried. Yes, I cried. All right, man. So the Niners have been really transparent about this Brock Purdy situation, uh, except for the times that they haven't. So they let us know his entire plan. They say two weeks ago, no more restrictions. Then this week, they're like, actually, he's still on the pitch count. Actually, we planned this whole time for him to deload this week. Actually, he's been throwing 700 throws a week, and this week, we only want him to throw 350, and we think he'll be better next week because of this deloading. Why should we be believe a, a word they say? Like, they didn't tell us about this until now. They said it was the plan all along. They changed their story 800 times in a week with Trey Lance. This just feels, it smells fishy. Fishy. Uh, I, look, Brock's not healthy. He's not 100%, okay? He's functional. Brock can't throw the ball. But I think that what they're trying to do, let's let's walk with me here. This may be a little bit of a, uh, like a, almost kind of like day trading in the sense of we may get short term losses to get to get future gains down the line. Right. And what they're doing is, is that they're throttling back his the frequency of the exertion that he's putting on the arm so they could shoot him forward in a much bigger workload. And mm-hmm. hopefully what if we're looking at this their way. Right. By this time in a month, Brock will be probably resting at 400 reps a week, mm-hmm. and his heavy weeks may be 800 reps a week. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So they may be throttling him down to give him time to actually give him the recovery that he needs. And then with the recovery that he gets, using that time to give him more to see what he can do. And let's see. I mean, hopefully that ramps up to the point where he fully is unlimited and he could just throw the ball whenever he wants to. But if I'm being fair to them, um, that's the thing. At this stage of the game, whatever they say, if they want to sit up here and lie to us, God love them. It's going to come out, right? So my thing is, is that you could tell me whatever you want to, but they have so much on their plate with keeping him healthy making sure that he actually is an asset to the team and then being able to prepare for when they have to carry him. And hear me when I say this, they will have to carry him at points in the season, right? Mm -hmm. If you think that Brock Purdy is going to be the tip of the spear for 22 weeks, you're dreaming. Okay. They're going to have to defend him and help him like they would have done with every quarterback. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's no knock on Brock. But the fact of the matter is, is that they have to prepare for when they're going to have to carry him and how they can get him through that unscathed, still confident and still feeling like Brock. Right. Because. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because this team doesn't do very well when we have to carry quarterbacks. Right. Mm-mm. So we start in the, in the guise of carrying the quarterback. He gets a little unprotected and he gets injured. So that's what I'm more focused with with Brock and them talking about him deloading and, you know, saving his arm. I kind of feel we're being sheepish about it, but arm fatigue is the least that we should be able to expect for him having that type of injury. Right. So, um, you know, 
I wish him the best, man. Because when they tell, I, I will tell you, it does sound weird the way they roll things out. But when you don't deal in an honest posture, you always sound like you're lying. It's just the truth. You know, it, just, it is what it is. So that's my. I thing. mean, here's why I'm. I would be concerned if I were a Niner fan. They didn't mention this beforehand. They kind of sprung okay. it on. They kind of sprung it on you without warning. And then they tried to explain it away after the fact, like this was always the plan. Man, you should have told that. You said there were no more restrictions. Now there's a restriction. He's back on the pitch count. Like you said, that was over with. This is after he played. And, uh, he was like shaking his arm during the game. We all saw it on 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 yeah. TV. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like he barely played in the pre played three drives in the in the preseason. He didn't play a full training camp. He had some days off. He had he was on a pitch count. And the idea was that he was going to get stronger as he went along. But it seemed like it was exhausting for him. He was a little maybe like out over his skis. And he needed not a full week off, but a half week off. And this is after a month. And like not even a full game. Three drives. So you're not, you'll get a bye week in a few weeks. But other than that, you pretty much, it's over, man. Like the deloading. There's no more deloading. This is the one chance you get to deload. And if this is something he needs every four or five weeks... Like, what is this season going to look like? Is he going to need weeks off? Are they going right, to need Darnold? I, I don't understand. Like, what is going on? All right. Yeah. You're making sense. Yes. Yeah. I agree. It's concerning. You. Yeah. Oh, it is concerning. I, I tried to I tried to give half glass full. But what the fuck? I appreciate you doing that. Yeah. It, it is concerning because you're right. We are going to have to understand what life is going to be like moving through this right what are we going to game plan for and not game it's like if we thought that kyle was holding stuff away from jimmy jesus christ imagine what he's going to do for brock when he starts when you know it's not the fact that brock is not going to be able to see certain throws or understand how to hit him he just won't be able to get the ball there that's a whole different ball game um so uh for me i hope uh, that my 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 scenario that I that was aforementioned is actually the case, because if not, we really could be looking at this for Brock on the pitch count. Brock may practice, you know, once a week or twice a week, right? Or he and even on the days that he's not practicing, he's not throwing at all. You know, that may be the new normal, where that's what we're dealing with week to week, where the questions on the big game aren't. How are we going to attack this offense? What is our defense going to do? But is Brock up to it this week? How does Brock feel? Right? I got a and crazy conspiracy theory. I got a crazy conspiracy theory. I feel like the Niners are pushing Brock really hard. And it's unrealistic. And they're starting to see, like, yeah, we'll have him week one. And it's we got to have him out there. But, like, man, is he really going to make it through the full season? Like, I think Kyle Shanahan is expecting Sam Darnold to start ah. soon. And I think that Kyle Shanahan, like, he's not, he doesn't want Brock to fail. But at the same time, like, he's also looking forward to Sam Darnold's opportunity. And I think he feels that the offense probably can be even better with Sam. Like, from Kyle's perspective, I think he would probably say in a private moment, or maybe not so private, man, if, if, you, if you see what I can do with Brock, wait till you see what I can do with Sam. Which kind of sounds like an insane thing to think and say, but I just feel like that's how he feels. So... Brock, they're putting yeah. you in a tough spot. They're, I mean, they're almost expecting you to not be able to do this. I mean, and they're waiting for Sam Darnold's opportunity is the way I see it. Because if Brock 
went down or wasn't fully ready or needed a week off, fans would have wanted Trey Lance. He's gone now. And there is a there is a wide open green light to play Sam Darnold, who they want to play. So I don't know. I mean, all right. You, you, all right. So what I will say is that that's not too far off the mark because I just, I, I, I mean, I Sam hasn't done anything to garner the type of favor that he has with Kyle. I, I do not get that shit. Um, and really, for me, I kind of feel like the one thing that Trey Lance and Brock Purdy fans during that time, one thing we all could agree with is not Sam. <laughs> like, well, we are not in on Sam. And I agree. Um, I do agree with you. I, I feel like if you, if you look at what Sam is being asked to do throughout the offense and how Kyle always sneaks in those fade routes and those go nines, he always tries to sneak that shit in there for Sam yeah. every time uh-huh. he plays. He's and, trying to show you. What did he say? Sam Donald has the, has the arm talent. He could be the next. There, there is something yeah. different about Sam Donald. And, and if you think about it, every time Sam, every time Sam gets, first of all, the boy can't score. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. they never score. Um, no. Um, but what's, what's so, what's a microcosm of Sam Darnold is, is that even with Brock being the best version of what we've seen in this offense in San Francisco, period, that's full stop, right? Even with Brock being the best version of Kyle's offense and what, and what the locker room believes in, Kyle and still with what happened to Trey and now that he's gone, Kyle still wants to go get his own personal project that he went to go get. Yeah. And it ain't Brock. And And it it ain't Brock. Brock. And it's like. Yeah, that's the the key. That's the key. Everyone knows Brock wasn't his pick. Trey was his pick. It was the scouting department. Sam is his guy. If if Sam has one fan in the entire world, it's Kyle Shanahan. It's Kyle. And, yeah. and really, <clears throat> if you look at how Sam plays in the preseason games, he's getting like he's getting like scripted like game plan yeah. plays. Like yeah, the Kyle, touchdown pass he got to Jack Coletto, like that was all Kyle. That shit was a mid season fucking play. That's some shit you'll see on week four. Like yeah, what the yep, fuck? yep. He was, that that play was that the the design of that play was not fit for a preseason game. No. He was really trying to tee up Sam. He doesn't. Yeah, that's why, the guy was wide open. Right, and then what's even what's even wild about it is that the microcosm about it is that the guy that you want, who you still scheme up plays for, you still can't fucking score with him. It's like, bro, just understand. It's like at least be smart enough to understand that there's an element to your process that involves other people choosing things for you. And I don't think Kyle can get over that. I think he really wants his hands on literally everything. And ultimately, I, I think it's going to be his demise. Yep. Yep. I, could t- I, I think people are starting to look at it that way. Um, I certainly am. Mendo Adventures says, my seven-year-old has longer practices than Kyle runs. It's, it, that, those practices are weak as hell. Uh, that's very Quick. surprising. I also think they're kind of... Um, they explain why the Niners have lots of soft tissue injuries, man. Like that's a lot of reps for 90 minutes. It's a lot of running. Yeah. yeah. Same. Devin I, I, two Sherman. Yeah. I mean, for us to be a physical team and for us, it's like, you know, one thing that is always a constant every time you listen to press is there's always a question about why somebody didn't practice. And without a doubt, Kyle is always 
uh, attributing somebody to a vet day. Oh, we just uh, he just wanted the day off. We're gonna give him the day off. It's like no fucking practice, bro. Practice. It's like everybody Fuck, yeah. these like these cosmopolitan gentlemen reps. Like, and then we call ourselves one of the most physical teams in the league. And you know, and like honestly, that's up for question this year. I, I'm not hating on us, but I want us to earn our title. We need to earn what we say we are. And right now, we don't look like the most physical team in the league. We need to earn that shit. Definitely. Uh, Devin Two Sherman says, besides firing GM coach of seasons of failure, do the Niners trade certain stars next year? Uh, There's some that could be traded. That's a whole other segment, though. Yeah, that's another segment. Um, Brooks, there has to be a better word than deload pause. It just sounds so not suitable for work. Michael <laughs> says, do you even think the Niners and Nick are even close to a deal? John said on KMBR this morning that dialogue remains healthy. Does Nick want to stay or be dealt after this season franchise tag? That'll be our last topic. We'll get there, Michael. Shreddy Murphy, who's our Super Bowl quarterback when we run out? I say Kyle lays down for Matt Ryan. I say, Jed, don't let him don't let him pivot off this quarterback room. This is what he wanted. If it doesn't work with yeah. this, he's got to go. Yeah. I don't want to hear about Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's like I mean, 40. Up, this no. Is like, if, for people who don't understand how much Kyle made his bed, he created a fake quarterback tissue, quarterback competition and gaslit the number three overall pick and made everybody yep. believe that he wasn't good enough to be here. And then at the very moment where he had to admit that he was going to be number three, he traded him. This is exactly the quarterback room that Kyle Shanahan wanted, literally from one to three. This, this is, is what he wanted. This is it. You got to li live and die with this one. And if you're right, yeah. you win a Super Bowl, it'll be part of your legacy. Everyone, no one saw it, but you, you were the smartest person in the room. Yup. Just like you want, you get everything you want. You get everything you ever wanted. You're really shooting the moon here. Anoop says, this is Mike and Kyle's secret. They want Donald even over Brock. It is a sentiment now, but if things happen, it becomes a reality. Well, so be it. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Manny PSF says, Eric branch fumbles through a softball for five minutes. Whew. Okay. Nick Bosa. So here's the thing. When you ask the Niners about Nick Bosa, Kyle in particular, he'll say things like, I expected this. Like, as if that makes it okay. Fine, 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 fine. So they're not, they're not tripping yet. They're not panicking, at least publicly. And as long as he signed, you know, the day before, the day of, and he can get on the field, great. Some Bosa's better than no Bosa. But I feel like at this point, like a week and a half away from game one, even if he signs... Would it even be prudent to play him his normal workload, 75% of the snaps, or is he is he on a pitch count? And what would be a fair pitch count? Like if you were a D-line coach, what would you recommend for a guy who's been to like two practices, even though I know he's been shredding it up in the gym? Like, don't you want to be careful with a guy who's had a core muscle surgery, two ACLs? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, number one, even even if you want to just make it a football decision, it officially isn't anymore because if we're talking about him playing, he's the highest paid player in the NFL. So now his health isn't even isn't only imperative to us winning, but his health is imperative to like our bottom line, right? He cannot go out there and get hurt in the first fucking game of the season or the first two, three games of the season, right? Because we just threw him out there. 
So a little bit of a little bit of it is consultation to see how Nick feels, but you do want to give an infrastructure of a of a cadence. So what I would do is in the beginning of the game, you definitely want him to get fresh reps. You want him to work yep. with his conditioning. Um, yep. But I would do two series a quarter. I would give him four series. I would give him four series in the first half. Yeah. Um, and just see how Yikes. it feels. Uh, and was well, he going to be in the fourth quarter of a tight game? Yikes! Right, but even if, even after can he play? Can he play long drive? What what if this? What if the Steelers put together a thirteen play drive? Would you put him out there for the? Would you have to take him out during it? Yeah, you're pulling him. He's not staying for Whew. thirteen. Yeah, okay. Because you just don't know what he is, and yeah. really, this is. And let's just say he signs uh, to today, right? And you yeah. have him for about when you have him for about eleven days before before a camp. I mean, before week one. That's enough for you to get yeah. about four to five practices out of him to see where his conditioning is and see how he feels. Really, yeah. if they would honestly, Grant, and this is honestly, I haven't really been pounding the table on the Nick Bosa situation because I do see it from his standpoint, from a player's standpoint. I do. Um, so that does mean that he's going to have to carry this out to the bitter end. But we're just going to have to see what, what is going to play out because if they do get him later, um, I, I don't, I don't see this as a real problem until he starts missing games. And what that, what that means is literally it could be September 9th and it can be that it can, the report can be that we signed Nick and I will be perfectly fine. You know, so he will be on a pitch count, but not for long. Right. He's not a he's not a quarterback or he's not coming off an injury. He's just trying to get acclimated back to football. That's not going to take that long, especially of a player of his caliber. So really, I just I feel as though that the Niners are not in control. Nick is completely 100 percent in control and has leverage. And I believe that whatever they say, they just have to make nice because, you know, shit's hot right now for them. So I think. Bringing him back, even if they brought him back on a pitch count, it wouldn't be long. I, I would say, like, even if they started a pitch count for him in the first half, I could see Nick during halftime coming up and saying, I feel good. I'm ready to play the whole time. Like, don't yeah. take me out. Right? Yeah. It, it really could be that quick, right? Honestly. Yeah, and what's funny is, like, Kyle keeps saying he expected this, but John's like, this makes me uncomfortable. It doesn't sound like John expected this. And it feels like, even though it's not, like the like the big L would be trading Nick Bosa, which they're not going to do, or him missing week one entirely. But even if he comes back and plays uh, for week one, it feels like already suboptimal. He's not going to be on a full workload. He's going to be on a pitch count too. And given the fact that your kicker is going to be someone named Matthew Wright, uh, your quarterback is making his like ninth career start. A little scary. I mean, you're still two and a half point favorites. Great. But damn, man, you're cutting it close. Two and a half points is a sucker's bet. That's Vegas. That's Vegas knowing that we could possibly lose this game. Two and a half points. Yep. That's weak. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Weak. So yeah. for me, I I got to call it like I see it. Um, I felt much better about our team during, during this time of the season last year than I do this year. And by all accounts, we're supposed to have a better quarterback. We signed the number one franchise. Uh, we signed the number one free agency. I mean, free agent in um, 
this year's free agency. And we're supposed to be geared up and ready to go with Christian McCaffrey starting the season, not even coming right. in the middle of the season. So right. Brandon Ayuk is supposed to be having the career of his year and Debo is fresh as ever. But yeah. for some reason, I think that we're smart enough to understand that the, the calling card of what we do is we dominate teams. We physically bully teams. And it doesn't feel like we're shored up on the depth front, specifically in our defensive and offensive line. No, no. Um, Rafael Flores says Brock Purdy is a sober Manziel. Isn't that what people said about Zach Wilson when he came out? They said he was like the Mormon Manziel. Someone's yeah. always got to, I mean, like the, the sober Manziel comes out every few years. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Stephen Pryor says the regime probably doesn't consider a deload the exact same as a pitch count or ramp up like before. Oh, so we're parsing words again, huh? I love doing this with the 49 parsing words with people who are football coaches. It's very smart. They're doing a deal with him this week. Worrisome if it continues next week. Very smart. Mm. Yeah, okay. exactly. Because that means that he would not have recovered off of the lightened week. So I understand what he's saying. Okay, well, he doesn't get any more deload weeks. This is it. Hopefully, this is all he needs. Papa Phil says Sam and Wilkes and, uh, versus Trey and Vic. Thanks, Kyle. Sam and Wilkes. And they, and they came to together. This. You have to ask yourself this, Grant. This kind of just came to me. With our defense, right, how, how have they been affected by this quarterback competition? How have they been affected by going against Brock Purdy? I mean, and going against Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. You know, where 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 have they had the consistency of getting everything that they need to get together with facing quarterbacks seemingly with all three different skill sets and arm talents? Um, yeah, it's it, one of the things I want us to understand that the quarterback competition that we went through over the summer. It, it wasn't a detriment just to the quarterbacks. This was a detriment to the team. Right. This hurt us in a lot of ways. And while we were dealing with this bullshit, other teams were having normal days at camp and getting better. You have right. to understand that that's going to come out in the wash. Yep, I agree. Michael uh, Michael says, I'm not a fan of overpaying one player unless you're a Mahomes. Bill Belichick said the other day, you can't sustain success by overpaying players. If we, I fear we overpay Nick. We lose a lot of players. I mean, Coach and I agree with this. Like, you're not allowed to really say it, but we would both trade Nick Bosa. Like, if he, if Nick Bosa yeah. wants to be paid like a, a top ten quarterback, trade him for a top ten quarterback. Trade him for a top ten quarterback. Don't trade him yeah. for draft picks because you guys suck. The, the Niners, you suck at drafting in the first round. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Trade him for a top ten quarterback. But again, this would be this would be something you do months ago. Yeah, you don't trade for a quarterback a week and a half before the if season because he doesn't stomach, know your system. And for everybody upset about this, if you can stomach trading trading your number three overall guy in the, like a thief of the night while having another number three guy who's a retread and making him number two. If you can mm -hmm. do all that, you can definitely move Nick. You can move him. Thomas Delacruz says, I'm tired of Kyle. Damn it, Kyle. Kyle. I always, <laughs> like Carmen would say, Carson <laughs> says, if Purdy is deloading, Sam Donald is uploading. Yucks. Yuck. Oh yuck, my yuck. God. This season couldn't get any better. Looking forward to the Sam Donald experience. Uh, Got to get down to Santa Clara. Thank you guys very much for watching. Thank, Coach, thank you for leading this, man. I appreciate you, man. Love you, man. Love you too, man. See you guys.